Welcome into another edition of Stuck in Misery. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined today by good friend, no, family member of the show and fast and furious saga aficionado, Joey Delange, chopping it up about the new movie of the Fast and Furious saga, F9. And if you haven't seen it yet, here is your spoiler alert. Save this podcast for after you see F9. Joey, welcome into the show. I want to get right into this. Your main takeaway from F9 now out in theaters. Well, first, I'd like to say thank you, Mark, for having me on. Appreciate it, brother. So my main takeaway from the Fast 9, the F9 movie, I'm just going to tell you, dude, family goes deeper than we thought. I am uh, a little perplexed on how many more family members that we're going to find out exist uh, (laughs) that are going to become villains that turn into part of the team, you know? Who knows? It could go on another 10 more, 10 more movies of just family members popping out, dude. I don't know what your takeaways were from that, but I mean, no mention of his brother Jacob, and then he just pops in. Come on. I want to watch a Netflix series about the Toretto racing. I, I, I'm the, what, what was it, IndyCar or NASCAR? It was yeah. unclear what level of racing. Sign me up for a Netflix series of that. I'm still trying to figure out whether Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel's character, and Jacob Toretto, John Cena, whether they even look close enough alike to be considered brothers. So that's where I'm at with that, Joey. I think as long as you got some muscles on you, then you're Toretto. (laughs) The Rock might turn into be like a secret Toretto family member at some point. Who knows? Couple things here too. I think that Idris Elba's character from Hobbs and Shaw, you know that it's fair game. They bring him back from the dead as well. We'll get into Han coming back in F9. My big takeaway was this. I think Dominic Toretto is now mortal. Now I know that there's long been a dispute between him and The Rock for who leads this saga with, with just everything and how electric they are on screen together, but the actors hate each other, Vin Diesel and The Rock, I'm talking yeah. in real life. But depending on how long this series can go, and I know for the next movie that's due out with Vin Diesel, they're going to break Fast and Furious 10 into two parts. I now think that Vin Diesel's character, Dominic Toretto, is now mortal after we saw F9. That's my two cents worth because it's like, how many movies can they keep cranking it out with him as the lead character? Yeah, I mean, I see your point of view there. I just, I don't see them killing him off. I feel like, you know, the the franchise has to end with the family around the table, Corona's, you know, going around and, you know, probably ends with Tyrese going for the food right away and then reminding him, hey man, you're, you got to say grace now. Did you expect Charlene Theron's character to be at the family dinner at the end of F9? Because I was almost halfway expecting that. Now, remember Jason Statham's character, who allegedly back in the day killed Han. One movie later is at the family dinner at the family barbecue drinking Coronas with the crew. So it's like you're... Enemies become frenemies, turn friends. I don't know what's going on with this franchise, Joey. Dude, I, I have no idea either. I'm sure they've got something cooking in the books there, but uh, who knows, man? They, it could, they could tie it into where Jason Statham was like secretly working with Mr. Nobody and Han during that. I mean, there's so many different routes they can go, and I'm, I can't wait to find out which route that is. 
Did you stick around to see the post credit scene at all when you went to see in this F9 movie in theaters, Joey? No, so I did not stick around for it. I definitely uh, looked into it later on because I had to know what, what I missed, but no, I didn't see it in the theaters. Yeah, so they're showing a scene where Jason Statham's character is punching a guy who's tied up in uh, like a in a in a boxing gym, a, a body bag, and a guy's he's okay. he's hitting the guy while he's tied up in it, and he hears a knock on the door of whatever gym he's in, and it's Han who shows up at the door, and remember Jason Statham's character kills Han at the end of Tokyo Drift, and we don't need to get in to the timeline the fast and furious fans will know all about that but what an electric scene that would be of jason state and seeing oh by the way plot twist han's still alive i'm so happy that he's back though i'm gonna go get a snack that's how happy i am yeah now. yeah he's always eating yeah and that's that's kind of like what had me thinking like maybe those two had secretly like were tied together that of a storyline we don't know about because I mean, was it a surprise to uh, Jason Statham's character when he saw him at first? Maybe that's what they want you to think. But it could also be like, hey, man, we got to go save Mr. Nobody or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great segue, Joey. And I know we were texting some before the pod tonight. The whole basis of F9 was, oh, we get a distress signal and we get this grainy, almost Mission Impossible style message from Mr. Nobody, and we've got to make sure everything's okay. And then by movie's end, we still don't know what the heck happened to Mr. Nobody. So yeah, like huge plot hole in F9. I'm just going to say, state that for the record. I thought, I literally thought we were going to go into like, uh, towards the end, like when they were transitioning to the barbecue, I thought they were had like one more scene left that they're going to show like where Mr. Nobody was like, leading into the next film or something. And then when I heard there was a post-credit scene, I immediately thought, oh, there it probably was explaining where Mr. Nobody is, but nothing. They never talked about him again. Like, do they expect us to think that he just died in the plane crash? Not believing that. When you got people coming back from the dead, I'm gonna need a little more than just, hey, Mr. Nobody's plane went down. I guess he's dead now. So there's that. I want to talk about the Fast and Furious universe by and large, and then we'll get more into nitty gritties from F9. Again, I really wish we had the opportunity to see Vin Diesel and The Rock share a screen together. I wish their beef was just squashed. I know Tyrese is not happy about how The Rock is kind of, I don't want to say hijacked this, this franchise, but he's kind of trying to spin off and do his own thing with it. I've read from reports that there are there are plans to have a female spin-off lead character as a future spin-off movie. Michelle Rodriguez as Letty is one of the best female action heroes we've seen in movies through the last decade or so. So I think that could potentially be a direction that you go. I mean, if we're bringing Han back, might as well bring Gal Gadot back while we're at it because she's gone on to stardom to where she might be even bigger than this franchise. She's gone yeah. on to star in Wonder Woman at this point. But I just really wish we could see The Rock and Vin Diesel, uh, uh, and Vin Diesel share a screen together. But I wanted to get your take on this. What do you think about this theory that Universal is floating about a potential crossover between the Fast Universe in Jurassic Park, because like, I can't wrap my brain around it. You know, Mark, for, for years now, I've been saying that the Fast and Furious, the, the family, 
they could basically be thrown into Marvel as possible superheroes driving around, you know, hey, I assume this was like, obviously they can't get into Marvel. So they just picked the franchise like that uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park and said, hey, can we get them into this? Like, let's see what we can do here. And, you know, I, I don't think that would be my direction that I would take it. But I'm dude, I'm a fast fan for life. So they have my support if that's what they choose to do. Yeah, we see Dominic Toretto's charger going up against a Velociraptor. Sign me up for that, Joey. Speaking of ridiculousness, no, we are now into space. Tej and Roman Pierce, Ludacris, and Tyrese's characters. Like, at this point, I think the series is essentially trolling itself. But talk about comic relief in this movie. That was my favorite part where it's like two guys from the ghetto in space saving the world. I love the self-awareness this franchise has. Yeah, they went a little meta this time, like pretty much making the jokes like Tyrese's character, Roman Pierce, was making jokes the whole movie. It seemed like just about how ridiculous these movies are. And it it was a great, I I thought it was a great touch for the, the comedic relief there. And I mean, just seeing those dudes, they just send them on the craziest missions out of the whole movie and they always come out of it. I was slightly nervous. One of the opening scenes where Roman Pierce, Tyrese's character, is surrounded by a bunch of villains, if you will. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like, would they kill him off this early in the movie? And then he like looks around and he's just like, I'm invincible. And again, I feel like this is the awareness that you see. Now, the director, Justin Lin, has directed other fast and furious movies within the franchise so i think that's just like almost as an homage to how ridiculous these movies have gotten because there were a few things joey like i'm going in knowing where it's like i'm gonna turn my brain off and not think a whole lot but there were a few things in this movie where it's like come on yeah i mean like i think there's two different times dom toretto like pushed another car to catch somebody. Like, I mean, he's doing the craziest things as usual though. So that's why you got to turn your brain off when you go into these movies. That's why I think like on Twitter and stuff, there's always people out there hating on the fast franchise because it's so ridiculous, but that's what makes it so good. It's like, you just got to turn your brain off and just enjoy the movie. The two scenes I couldn't get over. Well, there, there are a few, but the two that immediately come to mind where John Cena mid fight scene where they're on top of the trucks towards the end in the final chase. Well, first of all, mid fight scene, he just flips teams and everyone with the family and Dominic Toretto just knows that inherently, but he's fighting off one of the people who crossed him. So he's on top of this tank essentially, or this massive truck and the guy he's fist fighting his head literally collides with a street sign while he's on top of this massive truck. And normally it would knock you out. It would knock you off the truck. Either way, you would be unconscious. And the guy, it's just not even phased. So that was one of them. And then the one scene where they're going through the jungle and they're going off the side of the cliff and Dominic Toretto and Letty are in the car and it's like, okay, are they going to get scooped up by one of these plane magnets? And no, they rope and slingshot themselves <laughs> to land on the perfect place on the side of the mountain. The car's totaled and they walk away and they just stare at each other on phase. No concussion, no broken bones, 
nothing but the car is totaled and I'm just sitting there and it's just like fool me once shame on you fool me twice I don't know Joey that that rope swing was epic and that was towards the the beginning of the movie and I was like let's go that's exactly what I needed to start this movie off and it reminded me of in Hobbs and Shaw the ridiculous scene when they're uh, on the cliffside in uh, Samoa and the helicopter has the rocks car and then just four more line up and they're taking the helicopter it reminded me of that too and it's like man love this that's a good call when the rock literally pulls down a helicopter with his arms and it's just (laughs) like man and in Shaw Jason Statham's character is just driving the car and he, they flip the Nas and here we go. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I think F9 had a few awesome stunts. I absolutely loved the truck flip. I thought it was a, a, an homage to two things. One was fast six where they take down the plane and they prevent Shaw's brother from escaping. They take down the plane and Vin Diesel crashes the car out of the front. And it's like the never ending runway scene, which is, lives in fast and furious lore. Definitely. And I also thought it paid homage to the dark Knight, where they flip the truck with the Joker. And that's done right on LaSalle street in downtown Chicago. Wayne tower is the Chicago board of trade. I thought it was a combination of those two things. So the truck flip from the dark Knight series, and then also taking down the plane at the end of fast six, the never ending runway. I thought it was a combination of those two stunts. I thought it was unbelievable to see in theaters on a big screen. Definitely think that was the uh, signature action move of this movie. And it was definitely a pleasure to watch those guys. Uh, I know how hard they they always work on finding like these stunts for the movies. And I thought it was a perfect one. Not just that. And I can't believe we're this far into the podcast, 15 or 20 minutes into our conversation, Joey, just my appreciation. This was the first movie I saw in theaters The last one I had seen was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So for me, it had been nearly two years because of the pandemic of I had last gone to see a movie on the big screen. And if you're going to see a movie on the big screen, a movie like this is a one that you want to see. Definitely agree with you there. Yeah, it's been like two and a half, three years. I guess it was uh, Avengers Endgame was the last movie that I saw. So it's definitely been a while. And I I don't normally go to movies. or go to theaters for movies that I see, but definitely make a point to go go see Fast and Furious whenever it drops. Did you need more Corona in this movie, Joey? I feel like I got my fix, but I, I feel like maybe one more scene with Corona just to, it, again, it's something we've missed. This movie was initially supposed to come out in the summer of 2020. Obviously that got pushed back, but what'd you <clears throat> think of that? You know, maybe not more Corona, but maybe some limes to go with the Corona. That's one thing yeah. I thought this movie was missing. You know, I was, uh, I was a little disappointed in Dom. Uh, I thought it was quite disrespectful when he visited the shop to find out where Jacob had gone. He was offered the Corona, took it, didn't take a sip. He didn't drink, and then he just gave it back to the guy, and then he started slugging it. So I respect him. I, I was just, uh, you know, a little disappointed that we couldn't, couldn't get a little Corona chug from, from Dom there. I'm so happy you noticed that too, because I love watching Dominic Toretto drink a Corona because you can tell, and you can tell that Vin Diesel does not drink beer because he like (laughs) tilts his head down and swigs the bottle up. And it's like no one in the history of man has ever drank a beer this way. And we didn't even get to see it in this one. 
Yeah, but it looks so cool when he does it. It's not, oh. not definitely not the way that the optimal way to drink beer, but damn, does it look cool. Salute. 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 The return of Han, again, portrayed by Sung Kang. He's of Korean descent. I mentioned bring Gal Gadot back at this point because the total complete, okay, Han's back character would be bring back the love of his life. Somehow she's still alive. They did it with Letty, Michelle Rodriguez's yeah. character. I loved the homage to the Tokyo Drift characters. And how did I not, I did not remember this. Bow Wow's character is named Twinkie, Twinkie. in this franchise. Oh man. Jason Tobin as Earl, who was my favorite. So he was the Asian dude who is helping them attach the rocket. Uh, yeah, he's the rocket the scientist, of, right? On the back of the Pontiac Fiero. Just perfect comic relief in this movie. I could have used maybe one or two more scenes with that whole crew, but I love how they bring back the Tokyo Drift characters in F9. I, I just love how interconnected this universe is at this point. Yeah, what I what I was really hoping to see was that uh, that green monster, that Hulk car that uh, Bow Wow's character drove in the Tokyo Drift, because I mean that that car alone was epic. gave gave some uh, pimp my ride kind of vibes, <laughs> and uh, would have been cool if they they found a way to feature that back in there. But yeah, I loved seeing those guys back in there, and they those scenes that they were in were pretty funny. So. Joey, we'll get you that car and we'll put a hot tub in a sedan for you just <laughs> so you talking. can live your MTV glory oh, back yeah. from the 2000s. But Sean Boswell, uh, Lucas Black, I mentioned Earl as Jason Tobin and then Bow Wow. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious where they end up taking that Pontiac Fiero and then making it a spaceship. So initially they're just trying to, you know, pimp out this, this Pontiac Fiero car and make it go as fast as they can. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, of course they know how to fly a plane. <laughs> and of course they know how to send a Pontiac Fiero to space. And just the comic relief that they provided, I thought was, it was a welcome addition in my eyes to F9. Oh, for sure. Again, I want to go back to, we were mentioning Toretto fighting his brother, John Cena, Jacob Toretto in this movie. Are you with me that like, again, mid fight scene towards the end, Jacob Toretto ends up joining Dom and the team mid fight scene. Like how do the other people know where it's like, oh yeah, like Jacob's on our side now. Like, do they all have earpieces? Do they decide to tap in? And Jacob, you can hear on our frequency and our signal. Am I reading too much into this? What say you, Joey? I think you might be reading a little too much into it, but I don't know. I mean, I know the team has earpieces. They're always talking to each other. So, I mean, that Toretto instinct, you know, once Dom picks up that he sees his brother fighting the opposition, he probably just lets everybody else know. But, you know, also... This entire movie could have been solved by just a normal sit-down conversation between Dom and Jacob in the first place. We're overlooking yeah. that part. I yeah. mean, those guys, if they just sat down and said, hey, look, man, dad made me do it. Boom. Yeah. Happy family. Yeah. I, again, I will go back to, and I will state this for the record. If they want to do some spinoffs Netflix series of like, the Toretto brothers growing up, there's a love triangle between two of them. And, you know, they're fighting for the affection of another woman who has both of their hearts. They mentioned some of the debts that the dad had. They could have storylines with the father, like sign me up for that. I would definitely watch, but yeah, 
we're talking about now, this is the ninth Fast and Furious movie plus Hobbs and Shaw. And we don't, we've never heard of Jacob Toretto up until this point. And remember, Mia, Mia Toretto, Dominic's sister who falls in love with Paul Walker's character, she's in this as well. So again, not to mention Jacob at any point in this series. I know the writers have to get creative of what they can do with everything, but it was just, to me, it's just like, how have we never heard of this guy? And, and I do go back to, I know that both John Cena and Vin Diesel are jacked, but to me, they just, they don't look like brothers at all. Yeah. And uh, you bringing up Mia just reminded me like the one, like a little criticism towards the film. I don't think they did a very good job, like tying her into the family plot. It, it seemed like she was here and there, but it definitely was more focused on just Dom and Jacob, where I think it definitely deserved if you're having a, fa- a real family issue like that, like Mia should be like more in involved. Like uh, she got like one fight scene there, but you know, it, it seemed like it was definitely more Jacob and Dom and then Mia would come in randomly. Few other nitpicks from this movie. I thought that Charlize Theron's character as Cypher was totally underutilized in this movie she was trapped in the box in like the airport hangar for like half the movie. And it's just like, can we have her escape at some point? And then finally, when Jacob Toretto gets crossed and she gets let out of the box, if you will, it's like, gosh, this should have happened. This should have happened, you know, much earlier in the movie than it did, at least in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's a great villain. Like she's very good at playing the villain and her character is, great in these movies because you just hate her you hate the way she's treating the fam yeah um, yeah i i want her to bring back the dreadlocks which is almost an homage to angelina jolie and gone in 60 seconds like yeah. the bowl cut reminded me of those haircuts you'd see of your classmates when you're growing up as a kid <laughs> where it's just like oh man tommy got whacked by his barber but I, i'll say this regardless i think she pulls it off either way but I'm a fan of the dreadlocks just because, again, I think it pays homage to Angelina Jolie's performance in Gone in 60 Seconds. So hopefully we get to see more of her in future movies in this franchise. And I'm not going to lie, at the very end, I thought she died. But then you find out she's flying a drone. So the, the truck that Dom flips and crashes into the drone, which was an awesome ending action sequence. At first, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Cypher's gone. But then you find out she's like, no, nah, she's just in her drone pilot and she's going to be alive for the foreseeable future in this franchise. Yeah, I could definitely see her continuing to be like the big bad that ends up coming up. I know uh, at the end of Hobbs and Shaw, they they tease like that, the voice, whoever that is or whatever, that uh, was the villain in that movie, which I thought they were going to touch on in this one on who that would be. I thought possibly it's Cypher, like was behind that as well, but. I guess uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. I loved, before a few other things, I loved Helen Mirren's scene where she's driving around the purple Lamborghini and drops Dom off at this elaborate party. But I, I thought she was wonderfully utilized in this in this role. I could have maybe used one or two more scenes with her. But yeah, just watching her drive a purple Lamborghini around with ease and evading police, I thought was entertaining. I really enjoyed that. I could have used maybe one more scene with her in it. Yeah. The, the best part about that was it was such a simple scene. Like it, mm-hmm. 
didn't even necessarily had to be like thrown in there. I guess he could have, they could have like figured that out any other way, but they did a great job with that. I agree. I uh, enjoyed seeing her just whipping it around, avoiding cops while also just having a little chat with our boy Dom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And speaking of Dom, he runs into Cardi B's character. Cardi B. You know, I really couldn't understand what she was saying, but I will say this, the theater I was in, no one realized who she was. So I feel like I, I watched the movie in Sarasota, Florida. It's a very well-off place, but no one realized like, oh my gosh, like what's Cardi B doing in a Fast and Furious movie? But I I, I don't know. It did Her cameo didn't really work for me at all. And uh, I, I thought it fell short. What say you? Um, you know, no hate to Cardi B. You know, glad that she got the opportunity to be in that flick. But it definitely seemed forced. I know I saw yeah. an article kind of mentioning that they hope that the Fast and Furious doesn't go the route of Game of Thrones when they just fit all these cameos in there just because actors like are, you know, rappers, athletes, what whatnot. They always want to get in the films here. So, you know, if it makes sense, I think it's fine. But as long as it doesn't take away from the film. Again, I, I get, I'm going to have to watch it again, and I will. Once I realized, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Cardi B. And she's just a little bit of a different dialect. I mean, that's what makes her a very popular musical artist. I just couldn't understand. And then it was like, oh, okay, she's going to – she's in on the on the plan with Dom. I get it now. And, that's, you know, the scene's over. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about stunts earlier, too. The reliance upon magnets has gotten to be too much for me because every single time the magnet works where it's like back when the Nas became popular in this franchise, you flip the Nas and you win the race or you go faster, or you evade the police or you evade the bad guy. And it's like every time we flip the magnet switch, it's going to magically work in the favor of Dom and his crew. Do none of the other bad guys have supercharged magnets like and are they always it was almost as if every single time it was a foolproof solution just again another nitpick that i had with f9 yeah i mean with those nitpicks i'd like to know how many uh innocent bystanders were injured during those those chases it'd be nice if they released some numbers on those after every film because we had a car mag get magnetized through an entire shop it it just Just all the way through. Had to have been some people standing in there. Yeah, I would love to see just your average Joe pedestrian show up at Dominic Toretto's door wanting vengeance. Where there, yeah. There's a whole Fast and Furious movie there alone of, you know, here's just an innocent bystander that this crew has, you know, gotten caught up in as they're trying to evade, again, whether it's police, whether it's trying to track down other villains, what have you. That would be hilarious if there's like uh, they were the bad guys in one of the films. They were like, oh, we messed up, man. Did we did we do that? Just some random guy. And then we know how the we know how the movie ends. Dominic just invites them all over for a family barbecue with Corona. Oh, man. I really do hope we get to see uh, Charlize Theron's character Cypher at the family barbecue. If that happens at the end of the next Fast and Furious movie, Joey, you can say that I called it here on Stuck in Misery. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, it, as we start to wrap up here on the show, my big question for you is this, is where does F9 rank among the Fast and Furious saga for you? For me, I, I put it in the middle of the pack there. 
you know, I listed out my, my top 10 or the, I guess I listed them out from uh, favorites to least favorite. I've got fast five as number one. Same I here. Got to have that, that scene at the end with Don Zacaduro. I know it's just, just chef chef's kiss there. Then I got the fast and the furious original number okay. two. Okay. Got that's furious. my number three, but yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And I got uh, Furious Seven. Okay, that's um, my number. Furious Seven is my number two, and maybe it's because I get sappy and emotional about Paul Walker at the end, and you come out of seeing this awesome action movie, and like you're legitimately crying from Fast and Furious, and it's like, who's cutting onions in here? What's wrong with me? But it's an, a very fitting tribute to Paul Walker at the end of Fast Seven. So we flipped those two, but we we have the same three movies in our top three. Yeah, and then I got I got too fast, too furious as my my four flick. Okay. I know I know you're a little low on uh, uh, too fast, too furious, but I mean I love that film, the ejecto cito cause <laughs> I mean, and the, just the lines alone. There's so many quotable lines in that movie. I mean, like we uh, pockets ain't empty because the amount of times he says "cuz" and "bro," Paul Walker, Paul Walker does. I mean, it's incredible. It's every other word he's saying "cuz" or "bro." I'm going to have to give that a rewatch now because it's been so many years, but you know that Tyrese's character, Roman Pierce is my favorite of all the characters in the fast and furious, like his lines in every movie, he has something that just cracks me up in every single movie. I'm with you there, Mark. I'm with you there. And I mean, just when we first meet him in too fast and furious and Barstow, it's just great entrance scene for him. And then um, after that, I've got uh Fast and Furious 6 at 5, okay. and then I've got F9 at 6. Okay, wow, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I throw, threw in The Fate of the Furious after that. Then to finish them off, we got Tokyo Drift, Hobbs and Shaw, and then Fast and Furious as my least favorite. That's the, uh, the fourth one. Just thought the, the plot was just bad in that one, in my opinion, and uh, not enough action. I'm going to have to rewatch some of these now. So I've got at four fast and furious six, where they take down the plane with the never ending runway. I've got the fate of the furious at my five slot. And the reason I have the fate in the furious, um, well, hang on. I'll, I'll circle back to that F nine. I've got at the six slot as well. So similar rankings that Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious, which is the fourth one, Tokyo Drift, and then Too Fast, Too Furious to round out my top 10. I love, I, I believe this is the fate in the Furious where they crash the car not through not one, but two skyscrapers. And to see that on the big screen, I love when the directors double down in this franchise, when they say, oh, well, you know, like for example, in Fast and Six, is it this fight scene going on a little bit long for, you know, a runway can't be this long? Now nah, let's just make the scene three times as long. And they double down on how ridiculous it is. And so that's what I love about this franchise of the self-recognition that it has, I think for me is what holds up for it as a fan. I love that about this series. I think if they didn't have the self-recognition, they wouldn't have made it this far. It's like, yeah. you know, they, they know what they are. They're not trying to be more than that. Well, yet. I mean, there's talks about possible uh, musical that Vin's pushing out and he, uh, he wants to do a musical and it might, might be tied with Fast and Furious. Who knows? Can you imagine Vin Diesel on Broadway? <laughs> Man, that would be epic. You know his, you know his real name's Mark Sinclair? 
Yeah, I know Vin Diesel is like a stage name. I, I knew that. Yeah, his real name is Mark Sinclair. So I could see Mark Sinclair doing some Broadway. Not so much Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is just like a great actor name for someone who's going to star in a movie about cars. I mean, Definitely. it's just like, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Joey, is there any final thoughts or anything you wanted to ask me about F9 before we wrap up here? Final thoughts, man. I'll just say, check out that F9 soundtrack, Pretty Fire. There's a Don Tolliver song called Fast Lane. Remixes the, um, the Big Timers Still Fly song, and it is fire. So check that out. Joey, this is always awesome. I figured our listeners would love hearing our conversations because like last week when I saw this movie, I, I FaceTime, you know, I'm like, I have not been that fired up in a long time. And I'd encourage our listeners to go see F9 in theaters. It is an absolute treat. And I love chopping it up with you and talking about this franchise. Like I'm so excited. Like I, I got my Fast and Furious cup here ready oh, to roll yeah. for today's podcast, Joe. Oh yeah, brother. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Mark. I appreciate coming on here and uh, definitely to everybody listening, go check out F9 in theaters. You won't regret it. All right. For Joey Delange, I'm Mark Berg. And thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. We'll see you next time. Take care. So long, everybody.